Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Coast and Oster Studios, I'm Matty Buller. Thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming Week 14 games across the NFL. In this episode, we're covering our regular weekly picks, Andy's total tease. We're also going to get to your news of the week. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central is Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. Andy, how you doing, pal? Well, my last name isn't uh, Rivera or Vinatieri, so pretty good by comparison. You haven't um, shanked any kicks? <laughs> uh, not yet, but the night is still young. The <laughs> night is still young. Uh, it was it was a pretty weird week in football, wasn't it? It sure was, but uh, I actually did all right at the wicket last week. I had a pretty good week, I felt. Well, it was funny because um, whether you are a favorite guy or an underdog guy or an over guy or an under guy, you probably ended up eight and eight either way. It was just that kind of a week. Yeah, like, there was some. Si- Go ahead, buddy. No, I was just giving us like Cincy, Washington, and Miami all won. San Francisco, Minnesota, and New England lost. And what was weird week 13, weird things happen on 13s. But uh, yeah, that was a lot of interesting things. A lot of suicide pools that got done. Thank you very much. Uh, Washington, but I, I uh, thought your Niners. No, I'm, I'm, I thought I'm your excited. Niners and the Ravens did a, a that lived up to the hype. Lots of offense in the first it half, did, and then it, turned it, into a defensive showdown in the second half. And both teams brought their A game. You definitely. Well, I know I that you guys yeah. lost, but uh, coming out on the losing end of a game like that as a, as a spectator, anyway, a guy like me that had no rooting interest that just likes watching a good football game. I thought it was a great game to watch. No, no question about it. It was it was tight. The weather played obviously a huge factor in it, big time. Um, but there's no shame in losing on the road to a team like Baltimore by three points at the end of the game. I mean that that kind of stuff happens. Um, but they played they played really well, and you know the running game got going, and you know their defense really showed up in the second half and kept things close. I mean, I think they yeah, I think they only held them to a field goal in the second half. So yeah, but you know. I'm also so pretty impressed with the play of Ryan Tannehill. He's uh Oh my gosh. This kid's yeah. killing it. The Titans look like they are going like I I think they're a lock to make it for one of the wild card positions for the AFC. What do you think about that? Well, look going back to Tannehill himself, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, but you know, I think it was a lack of decent coaching in Miami that held him back. Most and definitely. now he's in a really good situation, right? Uh, with Vrabel and, um, you know, it really shows how lackluster Marcus Mariota has been for that whole team because they got a good running game. They got a good defense. Yeah, it also, it and, also and, helps when you got Henry running that football like he does. Yeah. So I think, yeah, he's won his last five of six, five of his last six starts. Yeah. He's, he's five and one as a starter, I think. Yeah. So yeah, good for him. Um, but Anyway, dude, let's get on to the news of the week. The National Football League has suspended Arizona Cardinals defensive back Josh Shaw for betting on games, the league announced Friday. Shaw, who is currently on IR, will not be eligible to play for the remainder of the 2019 season and out indefinitely until at least the conclusion of the 2020 season for betting on NFL games on multiple occasions this season, the league said. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said, if you work in the NFL in any capacity, you may not bet on the NFL. 
Yeah, that's classic NFL logic right there. Gambling on sports is worse than domestic violence, child abuse, and beating a quarterback over the head with his own helmet. Although the funniest thing about this story is that when Shaw was registering his account at the sports book, under the section titled employment, he actually put professional football player, proving once again that you really can't fix stupid. If your eyes go bad, you can have LASIK surgery and they can give you 20-20 vision at any age. If your hearing starts to fail, they could put a device in your ear that'll make you able to hear as good as you could the day you were born. But let me tell you something, folks. You can't fix stupid. An officer with the LAPD is under investigation after his body camera allegedly caught him fondling the body of a dead woman. The officer and his partner were responding to a call about a possible dead body in a residential unit. The officers determined the woman was dead. And while one officer went to get something from the patrol car, the accused officer turned off his body worn camera and allegedly fondled the deceased woman's breasts. LAPD Assistant Chief Robert Arcos told the LA Times the recording was, quote, very disturbing. You know, if Bill Cosby had thought of this three decades ago, think how much money he would have saved on roofies. And legal fees. Now you will get ready for the Zim Zam and the Babbity Bibbity, and you will take off your clothes like voo and voom and get ready for the most splendiferous pudding pop you have ever seen. According to Ian Rappaport, Cowboys defensive tackle Antoine Woods was arrested on Tuesday at a traffic stop and charged with possession of marijuana over two ounces, but less than four ounces, tampering with evidence, and he was cited for possession of paraphernalia. Woods had 2.07 ounces of marijuana plus a joint, and he was pulled over for going 77 in a 60 mile per hour zone. Well, the Cowboys season really doesn't start till after the first player is charged with a felony. This guy could have saved Jason Garrett's job had he just done this earlier in the year. But uh, word of advice, next time set the cruise control, homie. And only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! All right, it's time to fire it up with our weekly picks. Our first game on the docket Sunday afternoon is the Carolina Panthers going into Atlanta to visit the Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons, two and a half point favorites at home. However, uh, I do have this sitting at minus three on some sports books right now. Uh, the over under being 47 and a half. And uh, the Panthers just fired Ron Rivera, who was, you know, pretty loved and respected in that locker room. That could affect morale for Carolina. I don't know how they're going to be sitting here going into Atlanta. I agree with you, dude. Um, I'm, I was I wasn't surprised that he was fired. I was surprised that he was fired during the season. Yes. Um, okay. Yes, you lost to Washington. That's about as embarrassing as it gets. But you know, he, he was in the Super Bowl four years ago, and he's without his top quarterback already this year. His MVP quarterback this year. I know his record isn't stellar, but he was still a solid coach. I, now, I'm just a bit surprised. Now, their new owner wasn't the guy that hired him, so there was no love lost there. But, uh, going back to the spread of Atlanta minus two and a half, I'm not exactly sure what to think of that. 
We've seen flashes of brilliance from Atlanta maybe twice this season. In the other 10 games, bottom of the barrel. Uh, Greg Olson is in concussion protocol for the Panthers and is listed as week to week. So not expecting to see him play. That's a big loss because tight ends are a big safety outlet for uh, rookie quarterbacks like Kyle Allen, who is not having a very good year. Uh, he went out of the, the gate really hot, but he's really, really fallen in the last, let's say, five weeks. And if it wasn't for run CMC, that guy would have no luck at all. A couple other things worry me about Carolina as well. They're 311 in November and December over the past two seasons. So they do not play well late in the year. Uh, so they also allowed uh, 22 rush TDs, which is the most in the NFL. So this could be a big game for Devontae Freeman in, in Atlanta. I know Atlanta haven't been world beaters three and nine straight up, only four and eight against the spread. But I think Carolina is sitting in a really bad place here. Uh, the last meeting actually was three weeks ago. Atlanta won 29-3. Oh, yeah. They, they, they creamed them. And as I say, you know, Atlanta is showing flashes of brilliance here and there, salt and pepper throughout the season. I, I just It just comes down to how the, the players in Carolina are going to respond. I don't, <clears throat> I, don't think they're, I don't think that Ron Rivera was unliked by his, by his locker room. And him getting fired would be, I'm going to guess, a little bit more demoralizing than anything else. And just on the mood of that, and, and you know, keep in mind that Dan Quinn's also on the hot seat, right? Yep. Uh, he could be the next guy to go down. I, you know what? I'm going to take Atlanta here at home under a field goal. Um, I just, I think it's, there's just too much, too much of a spotlight on Carolina for them to actually focus and get down to a game plan this week. I'm going to take Carolina. Or, uh, Atlanta, rather. I'm sorry. Well, as a Bears fan, the one thing that I've uh, I've I've always thought of Ron Rivera as a great coach and a players' coach. And what really blew me away on Twitter this week was the amount of love that came from players from all the teams he's coached ha had tweeted out their love and respect and admiration for Ron Rivera. So I agree with you that I don't think Rivera was the issue in that locker room. And in fact, he might have been part of the glue that was holding that team together. Now you've got a rookie quarterback who's been flailing the last few weeks. He's getting a new head coach, you know, I albeit it's it's, you know, somebody from within the organization, but I just I don't see Carolina going away and doing any better against Atlanta than they did the last time. The last time they got shellacked 29 to 3. So I'm with you, brother. I'm taking well, and, the and Atlanta also Falcons. Well, the, the, their new coach is their offensive coordinator, right? So is he going to hand over the play calling duties to someone else, or is he going to be concentrated on that and then forgetting about the defensive game? Yeah. Uh, there's I'm, just too I'm many question you. marks. There's too many question marks with the Panthers. I, I got to go by default to the Falcons. Yeah, ever since I was a boy, I've always loved the Atlanta Falcons. One, two, three. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Up next, we go to upstate New York. What's happening, Bills Mafia? And uh, yeah, you are at home this week. Unfortunately, you're going to be playing the red-hot Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore, uh, pardon me, Buffalo, six-point underdogs at home. Uh, this line started out at plus five and a half, so obviously more money moving on to Baltimore right now, and I don't see any reason not to, as uh, Baltimore is just... They've allowed fewer than 25 points in eight straight games. 
and they're one of the top three scoring offenses in the league. I the Bills are a great defense. Do you think they can stop Lamar Jackson and company? Because even your Niners couldn't do it last week. Well, I'll give you an argument as to why they could. First off, Buffalo's defense is sixth in the league in allowing 4.9 yards per play. Baltimore's 19th, allowing 5.6. Okay, so the discrepancy there. But I think the biggest factor in this game is that Lamar Jackson throws to his tight ends more than anyone in the league, with only the exception of the Philadelphia Eagles, who, of course, have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And Buffalo's defense is second in the league against tight ends, the first one being San Francisco 49ers. And only the Vikings have allowed fewer touchdowns to tight ends, one, versus two of the Bills. And and right now, uh, the weather forecast calls for 16-mile-an-hour winds with 30-mile-per-hour gusts. So the deep ball is really taken out of play here which means they can bring a bunch of guys, a bunch, few more guys up in, 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 in the box and, and not have to worry. They could probably do man-to-man coverage fairly well. I, I, I think this is a pretty good spot for Buffalo. I really do. Because, you know, you know Josh Allen is a running quarterback himself, right? So their defense practices against that every week. So this is not like a new look for them. See, and I, I, Baltimore... I would have thought I would have thought so, man. Up until I watched last week's game, like I I do agree with you that this is a good looking spot for Buffalo if the spread was over a touchdown. My problem is right now. Um, we watched what happened against the Niners last week, and the Niners play have such a good front four that they don't always have to rush yeah. more than four, and they could put a spy on Lamar Jackson. However, uh. What kind of athlete you got to get that can actually keep up with Lamar Jackson? Because even the Niners didn't have that much of an answer for him, right? I mean, Lamar Jackson has more offensive TDs than 21 teams this year, including Buffalo. Now, I will say on Buffalo's behalf, I'm really loving this John Brown guy. Uh, they're wide out. He's on pace for yeah. more than 1,100 yards receiving. That's the most by a bill s- since Lee Evans in 2006. Um, and the bu- the Bills D allowing 15.7 points per game. That's the fewest since 1999. So the Bills do have a lot going for them. But man, Baltimore's averaging 33.8 points per game. And between Lamar Jackson and Ingram, like when Lamar Jackson fakes that handoff, you don't know who's got the ball for a couple seconds, right? They're apparently so good not. at this. Apparently, apparently it's, it's difficult to see the ball when he does such things. Well, yeah, a certain talk show host got uh, in a little bit of trouble this week. Uh, apparently, yeah, he has. We, we don't need to get into that. But, no, uh, and I'm not saying it's because a- Lamar Jackson is black that he's disguising the ball. I actually think it's due to the the way they structure their offense and how well they sell the, those fakes because Ingram is such a good running back that you have to yeah, respect absolutely. the fact that he might get the ball. And by the time you've waited that one or two seconds, even if you have a spy, he might be a couple steps behind. And if you're a couple steps behind either Lamar Jackson or Ingram, you, you know, they've got four to five yards already uh, positive in the line of scrimmage. So I I like Baltimore here right now. They're eight, three and one against the spread, nine and three straight up. 
I think they're rolling to uh, a Super Bowl berth. So although I love what the Bills are doing this year, I think that they've got a lot to look forward to uh, in the future. I think right now it belongs to the Baltimore Ravens, and as long as it stays under a touchdown, I'm taking the Ravens. No, I, I, I totally get your reasoning on that. And one thing to say about the way that Jackson runs that offense, it's death by a thousand cuts, almost like the way the New England Patriots do it. You bet. So you, you're not, as opposed to, say, Kansas City Chiefs, who hit the home run ball, these guys just chip away at it. I, you know, I think the ana- best analogy would be, say, that the Chiefs would look like an American League baseball team and the Baltimore Ravens would look like an, a National League team. You know, they bunt, they steal, they just, you know, they get around the bases and finally they, they get home a lot. Yep. They manufacture uh, runs. It's it, uh, So they've won eight in a row. And they've looked really good in all eight games doing so. And they beat some pretty good teams along the way. I think the train ends here in Buffalo. When the Saints come marching in, marching in, when the Saints come marching in, on to the Big Easy, where uh, the New Orleans Saints play host to your San Francisco 49ers. And here's an interesting stat for you. Drew Brees, the guy's amazing. But how about this? In his career, he's 2-8 and eight versus 10-plus win teams. That's a crazy stat. Really? Yeah. And these Niners are playing some amazing defense. Uh, this is under a field goal. I think this sets up well for your Niners. Well, uh, the Niners are... Uh, second in the league in scoring. New Orleans is ninth. Nothing to you know. Nothing to be ashamed about that. Yeah, both top San Francisco ten. was first first in the league in yards allowed on defense, and New Orleans is tenth. Uh, Three hundred twenty-four versus two hundred fifty-one. The 49ers, um statistically are a better team than what New Orleans is doing, but New Orleans is playing defense so well. They're running the ball, and yes, they had to play with Teddy Bridgewater, but what the guy was five and zero in the starts. Yep, four and one. I can't remember exactly. I think he's four and one. But he played really well when Breeze was out, and forty four. You know that's that's a really low spread for a, a New Orleans Saints game. I think it's low for both these teams. I like this total. I I, I think I like the total too. No 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 no. I'm not going to go there yet. Not going to go there yet, but. Um, after that loss, I know I know it's two road games in, in a row, but yeah, I like San Francisco here. Um, no sled against New Orleans. They're, uh, they're one of the top echelon teams in the NFC to be sure, but I think San Fran bounces back after that loss to the Ravens. Yeah, the Niners have really only lost to the Ravens and the Seahawks, right? And by a field goal, uh, one was in overtime and one was at the last second. Exactly. Right. Yep. And by the, both their losses are by three points. And right now you're giving me a two and a half point spread. Uh, a couple other things set up really nice for the Niners in that they're averaging 29.1 points per game. That's the most since 1998 for a Niners squad. And get this. I think there was a guy named uh, Steve Young there then, right? There was a guy named Steve Young there who I believe is practicing law or running a hedge fund at this point in time in his career. But I do believe he was one heck of a quarterback when he was playing. Um, 
the the Saints they have talking about hedges. Hey, 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 man! Talking about the hedges. Did you see that Iron Bowl, dude? No. Oh Auburn wait, are you Alabama? talking Alabama? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can't get over that. Oh Normally, my god, that was awesome. Yeah, if if Bama, right, no, no, just I was picturing everyone like going through the hedges, literally. Yeah, dude, and, I, uh, I'm telling you, when an Alabama uh, defense back in the day, if their offense had scored 45 points, that was a guarantee. They would have won. They and won. losing 48, and the look 45. On Nick Saban's face. You know what? That was my Christmas present. The look on Nick Saban's face. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, he and Lord Bill and Belichick Sam. are the hey, worst man. losers in the world. Um, oh, I'm not going to slight Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's got a pretty yeah, but he's a horrible loser. He's always got he's always got an excuse. Always complaining about something. Guy's like a constant <laughs> bellyache. No, 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 that's more Nick no, Saban. That's nah. more Jim Harbaugh. That's not Bill really Belichick can Belichick kiss does. my shiny white ass. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Fuck the well, New England Patriots. Fuck them. All right. Uh, All right. That's what I feel about that. I'm tired of their I'm dominance. I'm not an apologist for the New England Patriots, by the way, just so you know. Yeah, he's a hell of a coach, but fuck them. But how about this? Uh, the Saints right now have a streak where they have not allowed a 100-yard rusher in 34 straight games. That's the longest active streak in the NFL, and I think that comes to an end this week. Um, also, the Niners D, man. They've allowed fewer than 160 pass yards in three straight games. So Drew Brees ain't going to have an easy time of it. Like Michael Thomas is going to get his, but man, doing anything against that Niners defense is brutal. I like it here. Under a field goal, I'm taking your Niners all day. All right, all right, all right. There's a red moon rising. On the Cuyahoga River Rolling into Cleveland to the lake All right, to the mistake by the lake we go. It's the Battle of Ohio as the Cleveland Browns play host to the Cincinnati Bengals. Browns eight and a half point favorites. And, uh, well, I've seen it down to as low as minus eight now on Sports Interaction. Uh, this is this game's. Uh, I'm not touching this with my own money because I, I don't know which team's going to show up for either team. Cincinnati pulled up a huge win last week, couldn't get over it. I mean, Cleveland. Some games they scored 35 points. Other games, Baker Mayfield couldn't hit sand if he fell off a camel. What do you think about this, pal? Well, you're right. It is the Battle of Ohio, the Buckeye Bowl, aka the lowest televised ratings for the week. <laughs> the Browns are 26 in the league against the run, allowing a buck 24 yards per game. I think Joe Mixon could have a pretty good day on the ground. Uh, yeah, they threw in the Red Rider last week, and that was to save their goose egg. Um, so now they're one and eleven against Cleveland's five wins. Very impressive, Freddie Kitchens, huh? Didn't you come out against your Pittsburgh Steelers? You put on the T-shirt. Wow, I didn't think you'd get anyone riled up for that, did you? Yeah, what kind of coach gives the other team bulletin board material? Norm- normally, it's some mouthpiece wide receiver or defensive back that puts up the bulletin yeah, board. board. some drama queen. Yeah, when your head coach is doing it, what kind of head coach does that? That is ridiculous. Do you think Bill Purcells would have done that? No. Um, Tom Landry. Tom Landry. Nope. Bill Parcells. Um, Bill Walsh. No. You just don't do that. And he's just a really shitty head coach. And yes, they 
couple games this year by pretty good margins. Cincinnati, I don't know. I think that was their Super Bowl last week. <laughs> yeah, it sure was. Uh, good game against the Jets. You know what's funny is they've allowed fewer than 20 points in their last three games, and those games have been against the Jets, Pittsburgh, and Oakland, three teams that can score when they get loose. Yeah. So normally when a team comes off a big win and they're facing a team that comes off an emotional loss, I'm definitely going to go with the team off the loss, but not in this case. Um, the uh, total on this game is only 41 and eight and a half for Cleveland. Are you kidding me? Um, no, I think, uh, I think the natty rolls, let's go Bengals. What, what worries me about this is Cincinnati's allowing 20 plus yards per catch to slot wide receivers since week eight. So expect oh, Jarvis Jesus. Landry. Yeah. Expect Jarvis Landry to have a big game. However, the Browns really have a crappy offensive line. I, I, I mean, if they can rush the ball a bunch, maybe. Uh, the weather actually shapes up pretty well. It's going to be 50 degrees and cloudy, but no precipitation at all. And like I had said before, the Bengals have allowed fewer than 20 points in the last three games. Well, the Browns have scored fewer than 20 points in seven games this year. So while they may win this game at home by more than a touchdown, you would have to be huffing mescaline in an opium den to take the Cleveland Browns. I'm going with the Bungles. Oh, man. What? I'm so high right now. I have no idea what's going on. Well, the Minnesota Vikings been known to lose a game or two. Chicago's got the Bears, but Lord, who cares? And the fans are always feeling blue. And the fans of the Lions are always crying because the boys are always out of luck. But everybody knows that the Packers And now we go to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, where the Green Bay Packers play host to the Washington professional football team. Green Bay, 13-point favorites at home. Washington coming off a, a pretty big win. Uh, I, yeah, well, it was a coach-firing win. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're definitely right on that. It, uh, Green Bay, though, absolutely destroyed New York in the snow uh, last week, which we both were. Well, you expecting. knew whether they were going to do that off that huge loss against the 49ers on the Monday night before. Right? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. A, Aaron Rodgers is a great bounce back quarterback. He rarely puts up and, two and yes, L's in a row. You're right. The snow. Who's a better quarterback right now in the snow? Maybe other than Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, like that was kind of a fun thing to watch. Mm hmm. Um, I was I was actually thinking, oh, oh there's Brett Favre. Well, there's Brett Favre. here, how about this for the snow? Aaron Rodgers is averaging 28 points per game in December in December over his career. That is the most by any quarterback wow. in the Super Bowl era with a minimum of 25 starts. So you think that guy likes December? Meanwhile, uh, Haskins, oh, he's yeah. got zero touchdown passes in three of his four games he's played this year. All right, well, let's not shit on Haskins too much here. Um, Manny, how many teams are in the league? 32. All right, would it surprise you that the Packers are 28th in the league in yards allowed at 377 per game? 25th in rushing yards per game at 123? You've got Adrian Peterson who ran for 99 yards in a major last week, and then Darius Juice. With 129 and two touchdowns to boot. I'm not saying that Washington's going to win this, but they can definitely get stuff done in the trenches. Um, 
yeah, say all you want about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's a uh, this okay. So this spread started at fourteen and a half, and it's come down under a very key number of fourteen. Um, I I don't know. Washington has they've actually got two consecutive games with six or more sacks on defense, which is the first time that that's happened since nineteen eighty four. Picture that. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm. A, Inclined to go with the professional football team for Washington here. I just, I don't know, man. Rogers having a year 22 uh, touchdowns to two interceptions. That's 11 to one. That's a hell of a touchdown that's to a, interception that's a, that's ratio. A ratio. That's a nice ratio. That's it a good is, looking ratio. Yeah. And I mean, they got a, a habit of making track meets out of teams that are no good. Look what they did in New York last week. And that was in the snow. Now yeah. Rodgers is at home well, and he's playing a team that's track. worse than New York. Come on, man. I hate the Packers, but I can't let that I can't let my hatred for their puke yellow uniforms color my gambling opinion here. Let I know it's 13 flow through you to I, give you the truth. To no, give you I, the truth. I, I know it's 13 points, and I'm going to cash in my wise guy card here. I'm taking Green Bay with the 13. Use your aggressive feelings, boy. Let the heat flow through you. Dugger. Texas tatted on my arm Got Houston on my back Cause I love the city I'm from Hands up if you feel that And we go from about as far north as you can in the NFL Down to almost as far south as you can in the NFL As we go to Houston uh, Houston coming off a huge win against the New England Patriots And they're laying nine points at home against visiting Denver Broncos And uh, Denver, uh, not too bad in Drew Locke's First game as a starting quarterback, they pulled out the big win, uh, a real uh, a real crunch time win against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, who always find new and interesting ways to lose football games. Uh, I don't think they gonna- do, man. I was going to say, man, I, I don't know if the Denver won that game or the Chargers, again, lost one right in yeah. the last couple minutes. I can't yeah, see Denver having that kind of luck, though, uh, against this Houston team. Houston seven and two versus AFC teams this year, and the Texans D. Um, if if you're gonna do it against them, you gotta run it right because they're allowing the yeah. fourth most fantasy points to running backs this year. So if they want to keep this close, it's got to be all about Philip Lindsay. Do you think his parents like the weather in Houston? Like, will they travel with Phila? Well, somebody needs to do his laundry. That's true. That's true. Right? And you think his jockstrap cleans manager. itself? No. No. And I think the equipment manager mixes like the reds with the whites and like, that's not good. Yeah, his his mom his mom probably scrubs his his skid marks off his jockstrap. I thought you were gonna say scrubs his balls, but oh, geez. you probably no. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? <laughs> I, I <laughs> I'm, I've got nothing bad to say about Houston because you're right. They are playing really well in defense, and Deshaun Watson is one of the more elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And Denver is really back on their heels. Vaughn Miller's list is unlikely to play. But I'll tell you what, this line is artificially high for 
one reason, and it's called teaser protection by the casinos. Ah. So whereas this probably should be around seven, seven and a half, they put Houston up to nine, so you can't tease them down to under a field goal. And I, I so I think based on that alone, and the fact that the total is only forty-two, I think there's a lot of value on Denver. And Denver's not an only team. They won't be for a while. Houston can be. They're on the cusp. But I think right now, that that two points, mm, I don't know. I, I got I to play the numbers here. I'm not, even, I'm not even looking at the teams. Forget about the teams. I'm playing the numbers here. And I, I, think, I think Denver covers nine points on the road, especially at a 42-point total. Well, this line started at nine and a half. So obviously the sharp money is moving on Denver. So, you know, the wise guys, that's where they're going. But a couple stats jumped out on me here. Uh, Deshaun Watson has accounted for 28 touchdowns this year. That's nine more than the entire Broncos offense. Nine. Sorry, hang on, Matty. The Broncos have an offense? Yeah, exactly. Also, Deshaun Watson at home. How about this? A 109.1 passer rating at home. That is the highest in the Super Bowl era. That's crazy talk. This is under 10 points. I agree with you that this line is artificially high for teaser protection. But I, I guess I'm all about the chalk this week. I'm going with the Houston Texans at home. Yeah, I will be taking the wise guy card at the door on the way out. You almost talked me into taking them, by the way. I was that close to taking Houston, but well, I'm not going to do it. You're lost, Pally. <laughs> we'll, we'll see at the wicket there, Pally. I'm not your buddy, friend. He's not your friend, guy. I'm not your guy, buddy. He's not your buddy, friend. I'm not your friend, guy. Skull Vikings, let's win this game. Skull Vikings, honor your name. Go get that first down, then get a touchdown. Rock up, suck up. Now we head to Minnesota for an NFC North matchup where uh, they take on the Detroit Lions. Minnesota, 13 and a half point favorites. Vikings 5-0 at home this year. 6-0 versus teams below 500. But uh, this is where I'm not really a big fan of the chalk. uh, You said... Dude, you said 13 and a half. It's actually come down to 12 and a half. It's, it's come down to and, 12 and a half now. And it started at 14 and a half. That's a huge two-point difference, right? That's a key number 14. Yeah. The and wise guys the wise guys are loving the Lions. And I agree with them as 11 of the Lions' 12 games this year have been decided by eight points or fewer. Yeah. Um, and, and then also Dalvin Cook is uh, on the injured list as being questionable i think a play but he could be pretty banged up um big game against a rather physical seattle defense last week and the lions they got david blau how you like me now he'll be starting well he almost pulled one out against the tough bears defense last year or last that's what i was gonna say you know a guy from purdue played a decent game against the bears on thanksgiving and you know i mean come on the Vikings are better than the Lions in almost every metric you can think of, but it's still a divisional game. And think about the fact that Detroit had 10 days of rest and the Vikings played just on Monday night. So it's only over five days of rest. 
and they travel cross country from Seattle. So you got to factor that into it as well. I mean, Zimmer's pretty good at preparing the team. I'm not. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but my God, um, at fourteen and a half, I, I was loving Detroit, but even at twelve and a half, I'm still like him. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I'll actually take the Lions as long as it doesn't go under ten points. I I, I just the that spread is way too high. Um and I mean it's probably because the Detroit Lions do not get a lot of love. And I do understand why they don't get a lot of love. Yeah, because they suck. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Right, but they don't suck to that much of a tune. Like I said, uh, 11 of their 12 games have been decided by eight points or fewer. So they know how to keep it tight. Like, I mean, their offense is still averaging at least 20 points a game without Matthew Stafford. And even uh, David Blau, what did he put up? Uh, he put up over 20 the other uh, against the Bears. And the Bears have a pretty damn good defense. So I oh I, no 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 he you know, he played really well he played really well against the Bears yeah. I was I was now there was no game film on the guy <laughs> you know other than from Purdue that's but true no I think um, no I, I think he overperformed or at least exceeded expectations no I get like the Lions here they're gonna roar it's up to you Right, to the Meadowlands, where the New York Jets take on the Miami Dolphins. This is an AFC East matchup of really no consequence at this point in the year. However, the Jets are five and a half point favorites at home. Interesting enough, though, the Miami Dolphins have won four straight against the Jets. And uh, Sam Darnold, by the way, he's thrown seven interceptions in his career versus the Dolphins. That's the most by any team over his career. Wow. Um, the way I'm looking at it is you've got the 30th ranked offense versus the 31st ranked offense. You take the, under. so <laughs> if you get a chance to watch this game, don't. And to give you an example, Go I'm going to throw three things. Rain. I'm going to get throw out three things that I would rather do than watch this game. Okay. You ready, Maddie? <laughs> ready. Starting from three, going down to one. Okay. Three, fight a kangaroo. Two, get a tattoo that says Bieber fever on my face. Number one reason why that I would rather do than watch this game is swan dive into a swimming pool filled with rocks, hypodermic needles, vipers. I would now, rather listen I would rather listen to Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You on repeat until Christmas before I watch this game. Oh my god. All right, yeah, there's the icing on the cake right there. Yeah. <laughs> now the last time these two teams met last November, it was a barn burner of a 13 to 6 final score in favor of the fish. Now, let's get serious here. As long as my guy, Fitzpatrick, from Harvard is there, they generally play pretty well in offense. In fact, my man last week threw for 365 yards and three touchdown passes. And I, I, I don't really understand why this line is where it is, but um, 
Give me Miami at five and a half, plus five and a half against the Jets. Yeah. You're taking the fish, eh? I'm honestly still on the yep. fence about this game. Miami did put up uh, a few few points against Philly last week. They they could score. It's just man. They oh, could, they did indeed. But they can't keep anybody out of the end zone either, including that. Yeah, but Philadelphia. Who, who are the Jets going to put in the end zone? Robbie Anderson. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell's not doing anything. So you're telling right? me you're you're telling me Joe Namath ain't, ain't walking through that door? I couldn't care less about the team struggling. No. And Keyshawn Johnson ain't catching a ball neither. Yeah, right. You know what, man? You sold me. Sold. I'm taking the Dolphins. Oh, all right. All right, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at home this week. It's one of two games being played in Florida, and uh, the Bucs are three-point favorites against the visiting Indianapolis Colts. Colts have lost four of their last five. Huge losing skid, and they've scored 17 or fewer points in three of their last four. So they are sputtering on offense as well, but the Bucs sure aren't sputtering on offense, even with Jameis Winston's turnovers. They're averaging 28.3 points per game. That's fourth most in the NFL. Crazy for a losing team. It is until you think of the fact that they've got zero interest in playing defense. Zero Zero. interest in playing defense. And I'm astonished that these guys are three-point favorites anywhere on the road or anywhere at home, on the road, on the moon. I don't care. Jameis Winston is going to be – because Indianapolis got a pretty opportunistic defense. He's going to be good for at least two picks. Probably one of them is going to be a pick six. Um, Marlon, Marlon Mack, Mack is back. He's back. Is back. Marlon Mack is back. No T.Y. Hilton, though. Well, they've been without him for a while. They're getting used to that. Yeah, That's unfortunate. They're not getting used to it. They've scored 17 or fewer in three of their last four. Well, you're right. He's obviously right. a big uh, reason why, dude. I'm. I'm for the Bucks in this game. I'm I'm that's the second week in a row. Somebody take my temperature. I got a fever. I'm 103. <laughs> Adam Vinatieri is on the injury report with quote unquote a knee issue and his status is uncertain. I think there should be a status called a broken heart. Oh, muffin. Because I don't think I don't I don't think he can. I don't think he wants to play anymore. I think he's lost his world to play. And you know, Maddie, we're both fans of the game, and there's certain teams that we cheer for. We're tribalism one way, and but there's just certain guys that you want to root for, regardless of what colors they're wearing. And Vinatieri, he's one of them. He's earned it. He's always been one of those. He's always been. Yeah, he's earned it. Um, He's always clutch, and to see him, see him come down that. Uh, coming down the hill so far so quickly it's, so it's painful fast. to watch and so I'm sure fast. That's, uh, like yeah, it happened I, overnight I, like there, last season last team. season he was still automatic yeah he hit a wall but I, I mean you know father time so they always say he's undefeated yes yeah, so it's too bad um, what do you think I'd about like this Chase McLaughlin kid race. what about this Chase McLaughlin oh, kid boy. what do you think of him they got him from San Fran off waivers 
Well, he, he if he hit a field goal at the end of the Seattle game, um, my team might have been perfect. Yep. So, but he didn't. No, I, you know, he's, I, I don't know. I mean, the sample size is pretty small. Uh, I think he's all right. Um, a little surprised that San Fran let him go, but um, no, I just feel bad for Vinatieri. And I, yeah, I, I don't even know who the backup kicker is for Indianapolis. But, you know, they still got a great offensive line and they still have a great defense. And it's, you know, Marlon Mack's going to be back in the lineup. And Tampa Bay, I, no, like, what the hell? No. Wow, I'm taking the Colts, man. All right. Well, I'm sitting on the opposite side of the fence with you on this one because I think the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, although they don't have a ton of interest in playing defense, I think if you're going to bring this into a track meet, uh, the Bucks can score. They can flat out score, and I I think that uh, I think this total of forty seven and a half. I'm picking the over. I think there's lots of scoring going on, and I think the Bucks come out on top by more than the field goal. Little this is our house. All right, let's stay in the great state of Florida. Duval, the Jacksonville Jaguars are at home against the LA Chargers. Jacksonville, three-point underdogs at home. And uh-oh, Nick Foles is still riding the pines. That means cue the porno music. Yeah, our boy Gardner, Gardner Minshew, Minshew the second is yeah. in. Damn right. I, Love you, it. His mustache is worth three points. I th- absolutely. Yeah, no, if you're handicapping that, absolutely, that's three points. Although, I do got to say, Jacksonville uh, has lost four straight games by more than 17-plus points. So they're not playing. Ah, come on, it's man. no longer Saxonville. It's Saxonville. Are you one of those idiots that believe in analytics? He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. I am. I am. But, I mean, I do like what Minshew's. Like, as soon as Minshew came back in last week, they started scoring points again. So, I mean, I think they can make this a game. However, all eight of Los Angeles' losses have been by one possession. That's an NFL record. Um, Oh, I know. They find new and improved ways every week to shift the better. End of the game every week, and every week, and it like I'm, I'm, they're going to come up with another week this week. I'm sure. Now, both of these teams have what we should call put up the white flag on the season. Okay. Yep. Um, they've realized that they're not going to win their divisions. Not it's over. It's over till it's over. So, by the way, like, does it get this life get any better than Nick Falls? The guy's Super Bowl MVP. He signs a massive contract with Jacksonville, plays two games, and they're probably going to trade him at the end of the season. Yeah, and he still gets to I keep know. all that money. And the suits. The suits yeah. are nice, too. Yeah, I think, he, nice. I think I think uh, they've got a $32 million cap hit next year, thanks to him. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, <laughs> That's, that's uh, tough. But although um, if you've got a rookie quarterback like Minshew – uh, working for you know six hundred and fifty grand a year, that helps. Yeah, that helps. 
Now, linebacker Miles Jack is out for the season with an injury for the Jags, which is huge um, for their defense. But we talked about having zero interest in playing defense. These guys have no reason to play on defense. And this total is sitting at 43. So that's what uh, Alfred Hitchcock would call foreshadowing in terms of our total tease. Um, don't be surprised, Maddie. And you heard it from me first. If you see Tyrod Taylor come in for the Los Angeles Chargers. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Again. Rivers has eight interceptions in his last three games. Yeah, well, and that was only one the last game. He had seven in the, the previous two. He's almost got more interceptions yeah. in the last three games than he has kids. Holy shit. Yeah, he's still got more kids than interceptions in the last three games. He got it, nine kids. Isn't that crazy? Like, I mean, hey, he that may not crazy. be able to throw a football anymore, but obviously his boys still do some good swimming. Well, it's a good thing his name is not Antonio Rogers Camardi. Yeah, Alonzo, who is five. I have um, Karis, who is three. I have my my junior, which is three. I have a my daughter, who just turned three as of yesterday. Um, I have another son named Tyler. That's uh, he turns three in December. I got another uh, daughter that was born October 16th, named London. Another daughter that was born named Leilani, who's uh, two years old. And uh, I have uh, my newborn with my wife. Her name is Jersey. <laughs> I see how I, like the, I laid the groundwork for you. I, I see what you did there. Try to help you. I, I, see, I try to help you out. I, You know, this game, I'm not going to be betting on this game. It's, you know, I, it's three points to the home team. And when it's something that's this close, uh, the Chargers are always going to keep it close. But even if they won this game, it'd be by three points, and that'd be a push. So I, I'm taking the no. Home actually, I here. think honestly, I think the Chargers would find a way to win this game by two and a half points. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Jacksonville. I'm taking the home team with the points. All right, ma OC. Très bien. You know I ride with my Arizona Cardinals Most likely I'ma die as an Arizona Cardinal I be going outside ripping Arizona Cardinals And everywhere I go I rip my Arizona Cardinals Down to Arizona where uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are coming to town Arizona two and a half point favorites And uh, or pardon me Arizona two and a half point underdogs and this isn't setting up very well for them because the cards are 0-6 versus teams above 500 this year. And uh, by the way, another thing that doesn't set up well for Arizona, undrafted quarterbacks this year are 3-0 and facing quarterbacks pick first overall. I don't know where you went for that. just Matty, but uh, good homework, dude. Thanks, man. Uh, look, You've got one team off a really embarrassing loss. Obviously, that would be Arizona against uh, the Rams in prime time. And then you've got another team that came off an extremely emotional divisional win, which was Pittsburgh against the helmet smashers from Cleveland uh, to avoid a season sweep. Now, next week... Pittsburgh plays Buffalo in what could be a fight for a wild card spot. And 
I think, Maddie, you know where I'm going with this. It's an almost wise guys sandwich game. So you've got a non-conference road game going across country with the Steelers. And Mike Tomlin, as we all know, has a bad habit of not getting his teams up for games like this. I'm going to tell you. uh, No, sorry. This is actually a question for you, Maddie. Over under 1.5. The number of golf rounds that the Steelers players have had in Arizona since they've been there this week. Take the over. Yeah, take the over. Now, uh, in favor of Pittsburgh, Pouncey is back under center after suspension. But James Conner's still out. Uh, Juju's not 100%. Uh, I, this, honestly, dude, man, this is this is one of my juiciest picks of the week, man. There's no reason why Arizona can't win this game. I know you money line in Arizona and got your asses handed to you uh, there on, uh, with the Rams. Yeah, that not was, my that finest. Was done before it began. Not my finest money. No, line not your finest bet. Not your finest bet. But uh, Air, don't think for a second that Arizona still isn't a good team. And a situation. This is a situation. They are, dude. They are a good team. They're and, three eight and one straight up. What are you talking about? You've been in the opium den too long, Pally. Hey, here's an over under for you. Uh, three starts or more. Or less, what do you think? Kyler Murray under 175 pass yards this year. Over or under? Well, I guess you wouldn't be asking me this question unless it was under. Yeah, it's over. Four starts he's had under 175 pass yards this season. They've also lost five straights. They are swirling down the drain. You don't think that Pittsburgh defense, oh, which is so one of the, which is a top. Due. You're saying that they're due. No, I'm not saying that they're due. I'm saying they're swirling down the drain and they're about to go out to the sewer main. How about that? Uh, they, Pittsburgh's defense. Are you kidding me? They're one of the top five fantasy defenses. Defense. This they year. have a good defense. They they're, have a good defense. Yeah. I'm Kyler not, Murray ain't going to do squat and it's only two and a half. Are you kidding me? Take the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll take it with the points. New England Patriots. New England. All right, we got another four o'clock game. Well, four thirty, I guess, Eastern time, and that is the New England Patriots at home at Gillette Field, and they are laying three points against the visiting Kansas City Chiefs, and. Uh, the Patriots have an 18-game home win streak going on right now, which is their second longest in franchise history. And the way they've been playing lately... Their second longest? It's their second longest. I know. Isn't that awful? But <laughs> oh my God. I have a feeling that that streak That's is... insane. I think that streak is going to end with KC coming to town. As uh, this is my money line Maddie pick for you this week is I think KC wins this one outright. As Brady's had seven straight games with a passer rating under 100 yards, he's got no one to throw to the ball, dude. He's got no one. And their defense against good teams, they're not what they were at the beginning of the year when they were playing the Cleveland Browns and, you know, the New York Jets twice and the Dolphins twice and. They, they had such an easy schedule off the hop. I don't think New England pulls this one out here. I think Casey wins outright. Really? I do. Really? Okay. Really? So. 
plus one thirty on the money 20. line, baby. <laughs> Are you in bath salts? Oh man, what? I'm so high right now, dude. The they're twenty fifth in the league, allowing three hundred and seventy two yards per game on defense. You know yep. what, New England? And look what they do. And look what they the do on offense. Two hundred fifty eight. Right. Look what um, they do on offense. I you know. You know what? I'm, obviously, I'm looking forward to this game, um, just like I am the San Fran New Orleans game. Um, turning off the Miami Jets game and turning off the uh, Cincinnati uh, Cleveland game. But I think one of the best matchups from offense to defense is Stephon Gilmore as a defensive back versus Tyreek Hill. Because I don't think they're going to put Gilmore on Kelsey. I, it's just not a good matchup. No. They need to put not. him on Tyreek Hill. And he's going to be on Gilmore Island. And that's going to be fascinating to watch. I'm not sure who's going to come out on the big side of this. But I'm going to tell you a statistic, Matthew. Bring it. It's going to blow your mind. Okay. So, Edelman and Brady have played together for 10 years now. Yep. Julian Edelman and Thomas Brady. Now, they've had 42 games at home. Uh, where they played together. So either through suspension or injury, um, what was left over was 42 games between the two of them. Guess what the record is at home in those 42 games? What's that? 42 and 0? 42 and 0. Yeah, it's about to be 42 and, and like one home cite, slice. Uh, well, I, no, honestly, I, I want to say the guy that uh, I heard that from, but I honestly can't remember. I heard it earlier this week, but it, I, I did not come up with that stat myself. I just heard it and I'm repeating it. 42 and 0. 42 and 0. Here's a stat and for you Pats average 18 points per game since week nine. Chiefs are averaging 29 points per game this season. And let's not forget, the Pats what? have some injuries that are stacking up. Patrick Chung, uh, he's injured. He's questionable. So is Edelman and Sanu Sr. Even if they all play, they're still banged up. You know, even Patrick Chung oh, with so his bag of playing. cocaine, it's not going to help him. Does he have a bag of cocaine with him? Yeah, he got, he got busted for blow. Oh, does he put it in the water bottle like Grant Fury used to? <laughs> uh, no, seriously, dude. Um this game uh, sets up great what? for Pat for the Pat Mahomes, dude. The weather's forty three degrees and mostly sunny. I mean, the weather sets up great for a visiting quarterback who can chuck the ball and run. Uh, going in, we've talked about we've talked about Belichick and Brady off a loss. We have we've talked about Belichick and Brady at home. How about Belichick and Brady after two losses going back home, dude? Forget about it. This is my pick of the week. <laughs> In our final afternoon game, we head to Oakland, where the Raiders are three-point underdogs to visiting Tennessee Titans. Now, Oakland is 7-1 uh, and one in their last eight home games, but Ryan Tannehill's coming to town, and that kid is 5-1 and one 
He's averaging 29.7 points per game on offense, 221 pass yards per game on offense. And how about this? 88.2% in the red zone. Oh, by the way, that's Derek, pretty impressive. Pretty that's impressive. And then Derrick Henry, add that on. He's averaging four plus yards after contact. That's the most in the NFL. Really? Yes, sir. Now he this is this is the time of the year that that guy shines like an ornament on a Christmas tree. It sure uh, is. Once clock to, or the calendar flips to December, that guy goes on fire and he's good. I said it last week. He's good for a buck 50, a buck 60. He might do it again. He might do it again against Oakland. But Oakland at home as underdogs? Come on. So they had a big game, Tennessee did, last week. Uh, but they had Houston on deck next Sunday. Now, I'm not going to call this a sandwich game, although it kind of is. And Oakland was a little bit embarrassed at Arrowhead last week, losing 40-9. to nine. But guess what? They had outgained the Chiefs in yardage, 332 yards to 259. And they held the edge in passing yards, in rushing yards, in time of possession. But they turned the ball over three times and incurred 12 penalties to exactly zero for the Chiefs. But guess what, Matty? Those types of problems are You figure, eh? Yeah. I just, I, dude, I... I'm. I just uh, right now. I don't like betting against Tennessee. Not with that short of a spread. I really think. I. I know that they're they're favored away, but they have every right to be favored away. Not just because of Tannehill and Henry, but look at how they're playing defense, man. Like this. This is a team that's gearing up for a wild card spot. I don't think they want to lose ground. So even though they've got to go across and play on the left coast, I. They're going to be ready to play. Vrabel's going to have them ready to play. And I, I'm sorry, I just, there's no way I'm betting against Tennessee in this spot, especially when it's under a field goal at uh, plus two and a half for Oakland. I have it at uh, I have it at plus three right now on uh, Sports Interaction, but uh, who knows? It's even at plus three. I'm taking the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Sunday Night Football, the Seattle Seahawks, who have uh, leapfrogged the 49ers to become first in the <laughs> NFC West. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hang on. <sighs> There's a bad connection over here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You said there. uh, yeah. Can you, by the way, let's, before we even go into that, what kind of screwed up playoff scenario is that? The Niners are 10 and 2. Seattle's 10 and 2. But however, because Seattle's got the the tiebreaker because of the win against the Niners. Uh if the playoffs were to start this weekend, the Niners who are 10 and 2 would have to travel and go on the road and play a 6 and 6 Dallas Cowboys team because the NFC East is garbage. What is that? Bring on those motherfuckers. I'd love to play that. <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely I guess there's worse problems to have. But anyway, Seattle uh, is going to Los Angeles to play the Rams. Rams, one and a half point underdogs at home. And I honestly think they should be more. Seattle, seven and one versus. Well, Tennessee. you know what, Maddie? Uh, that, that line actually started at like um, plus two and a half for the Rams. 
Adams. Yeah, that's come down. down more than any other line on the whole uh, on the whole roster slot there. You bet. Um, that's moved three points, which yeah. is sort of weird considering the way Seattle played on Monday night, coming out with a win. Because we're already seeing what the Rams did against Arizona, whom you don't think is good. That's fine. But I don't actually disagree with the line movement because they're at home and they're not a bad team. They're still the team that went to the Super Bowl yep. last year and they showed it last week against Arizona. Sounds like somebody's living in the past. Contemporize, man. Hey, man. Uh, it's not like uh, Kurt Warner's coming out and, uh, you know, or we're in Missouri. It's a uh, CLA Rams, man. Well, let me tell Seattle, you this, buddy. You know, there's, no, there's no Pearl Jam. There's no Nirvana. Eight. We're not back in the 90s. Seattle man. is 7-1 and one versus NFC teams this season. And by the way, uh, remember how they used to call Deion Sanders primetime? Yeah, we're yanking that nickname. I know. Because I know. Russ Wilson. Russell Wilson is prime. He's yeah. the epitome of primetime. He has I'm the highest. Anything away from that guy. He has the highest primetime pass rating of which is 105.1 of any quarterback since 2000. And uh, that is just yeah, the way they are you playing might this match year. It up against a guy named Joe Montana. But anyway. I said since 2000. I know you said since 2000. Joe, Joe Montana. It's he's three days older than Christ now. Where, where do you bring, you're living in the past, man? No, no, no. He's actually Jesus's babysitter. Isn't he another hedge fund guy? He's running another hedge fund. What's with San Fran former quarterbacks running hedge funds? No, he's got a wine. He's got a vineyard. He's a wine. He's a wine guy. I think he also does investments. If I'm not mistaken, I think I heard him on Jim Rome show talking about running hedge funds. Or at least being involved in some sort of investment company. He's not running any hedge funds. All right. No. Too many knocks on the grill to, to be doing that. He's a good pitch, man. He, he's Joe Montana. Yeah. Well, I he know. Might as well be Jesus Christ. Yeah, I agree with you. Hey, you might as well have Jesus Christ as your spokesperson, or you can have Joe Montana. You're it's preaching to the choir, but I was like uh, between again. the ages of like eight and twelve when he was in his prime. I'm 42 now. No, I know. So You're Joe so Montana ain't walking Abby. through that door and he's not playing for either Seattle or Los Angeles. I don't know what you're talking about. The Seattle Seahawks are going to go into Los a, Angeles and they are going to bend Los Angeles over and spank them. How about Chrissy Everett? Is he going to come and play for the Rams? <laughs> oh, dude, I'm telling you right now, Seattle right now, uh, the ten and two straight up, seven and five against the spread. They're going into LA and they're gonna it's it's over for the Rams. All right. So the Rams had another divisional game last week against the Cards. Guess how many yards they put up in the first half? Three hundred and ninety in the first half. They've got the weapons. They've got the firepower. Yeah, against they Arizona. Just, and the, the chemistry was what was off in the first part of the season. They're firing all cylinders now, and they will take down. Your Seattle shithogs. All 
right, and finally, we go to Monday night. And uh, the New York Giants are going into Philadelphia for an NFC East matchup. It blows me away. Philly's garbage right now. They're, there's five and seven straight up, and they've got a chance to make the playoffs <laughs> because Dallas is six and six, or as of the time of the Well, they're recording. five and seven, and Miami beat them last week and to make them three and nine. So they're only two games ahead of Miami. Really? Yeah. Imagine. Remember how that season started? Yeah, oh, I do. I do. I I just, the Eagles wide receivers, like this, I hate Carson Wentz. I think he's garbage. And you know this because I say it every week. Eagles wide receivers have 1,316 receiving yards up till now. That's the third fewest in the NFL. Just 325 yards after the catch that's last in the NFL. These guys are doing nothing. I, I, Saquon Barkley has uh, less than 100 rush yards, though, in seven straight games. So the, the Giants are pretty oh, anemic. God, I don't know how this ended up to. on Monday Night Football because, I don't know, I'm going to be sleeping by the time the first quarter is over. I, I'll be sleeping by the time the coin gets flipped. Oh. Um, but I'll tell you, I will tell you what, Matty. I'll, I'll tell, tell you, what. you what. Eli Manning is going to be starting in. In favor of Danny Dimes, who will be out with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, he's out with a case of the crappy quarterbackisms. Uh, no, uh, a crappy teamism that wants to save their franchise quarterback for next season. Yeah, uh, Ergo put in the expendable guy. He's the expendable. He's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's like Bruce Willis. He's like any of those guys. He's an expendable. The expendables one. Do you not? Do you not think that that team would not rally around Eloy Manning for one last soiree in the city of brotherly love in a divisional game? Absolutely, absolutely, they will. I They're agree. gonna. Everyone's gonna show up to that game. Everyone. I agree. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the, the G-men. Oh, there's no question in my mind. And again, this line kind of looks. Um, a facade of teaser protection on it. So it might be artificially high by two points. Um, no, I, I I think everyone on the Giants shows up and plays well. And if, if they all do that, they can win games. And, and the Eagles, Lord knows what they're going to bring. I don't think the Eagles are going to lose. But, oh my God, can you imagine if the Eagles lost to the Giants? Oh, <sighs> Can you imagine how much horse feces would be eaten? Oh, yeah, but not the happy kind, like winning the Super Bowl eating horse feces. It's the no, sad kind. No, the like, sad kind. Yeah. Because yeah. really, there are two different kinds of horse feces. There's the well, happy horse yeah. feces and the sad one. Well, they're going to be cleaning out Mr. Ed's stall after this game. I'm a horse. <laughs> uh, they might be cleaning up Peterson's stall. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're fired. Uh, no, honestly, I no. This is this is a sentimental pick only, and I think that everyone shows up for the boy Eli on the giant side. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going G-men. The G-men. So, no, honestly, no, honestly, Maddie. Um, we've been around the game long enough. We've seen some spectacular games um, in the heat of combat. But sometimes you just simply have to look beyond the numbers and look what's going on emotionally. I, yeah, I think that uh, this is one of those games. 
Please hang up and try again. Now it's time for Maddie and Andy's Total Tease. And this is a segment where we both pick a total that we like for the over-under, and we pick a teaser that we like. So, uh, well, Andy, let's start with the teaser first. What's your teaser this week? Well, I I alluded to it a little bit earlier in the Jacksonville game. Um, You know, they're playing the Chargers, and neither team has a chance of making the playoffs. And... (laughs) I even with Miles Jack, there's no interest in playing defense there, and so the Jags have Gardner Minshew the second. Cue the porn music, and I believe that Tyrod Taylor coming there and you know put on you know a Tyrod Taylor show, and I think he's he's all right. It's only forty three, so I'm I'm taking the over on that game. Uh, what I am going to tease is the Arizona Cardinals from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. And I am going to do exactly the same thing with the uh, 49ers. Plus two and a half, take them up. Um, they're going to do all right. They're going to do all right against the Saints. So there you go. All right. So with the uh, teaser, I like taking the Lions at the Vikings. Lions right now are plus 12 and a half. I'm going to tease them down uh, to plus 18 and a half. Uh, I think that's quite doable for the Lions, uh, especially against Minnesota in a divisional game. <laughs> yeah, and, you think so, do you? Right? Yeah, I do. And then uh, I want to go to yeah. Seattle at, at L.A. So we've got this as uh, Seattle minus one. However, on uh, Sports Interaction, right now it's a pick for the point spread. So it's just straight up. So what I want to do is tease Seattle from, well, let's put it this way. Either take them from minus one down to uh, minus or to plus five or take them from even odds down to plus six. Either way against LA, I think that's great for a divisional game as well. So Lions from plus 12 to plus 18 and a half. At the Vikings and Seattle from minus one to plus five or from even odds to plus six, depending on what your sports book has it. And for my total, uh, I'm looking at San Francisco, New Orleans. Right now, the over-under sitting at 44. I think both these teams can play some defense, but they both can score. I think 44 is pretty low for this in a dome against New Orleans. Uh, they're going to have to keep pace with each other. So I am taking the over 44 on San Francisco, New Orleans. Well, thank you for listening to week 14 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week 14 games across the NFL. From the Coast and Oster Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bedtime on the same bed channel. Sayonara. Good night, everyone. I love you guys. Sitting on a riverboat, having a party, me and my Cajun 
Turning 21 on the Mississippi River Heading out of New Orleans The year is 1894 Oh come on mama and love me some more Her dark eyes flash like a gambler's rings She shakes her pretty head and sings Life for me is a riverboat fantasy Watching the sun go I'm sailing away from my heartache on a riverboat fantasy. Can't think, can't drink any more whiskey. I could have drunk a river dry. Mm, this old boat, she's just sitting in the moonlight, catching the gleam in her. Sailing away from my heartache 